The information in this skill is provided for informational and educational purposes only. Welcome, and thank you for listening to the Multiple Sclerosis Flash Briefings. When your relapsing multiple sclerosis begins to change, how you treat it should change too. Think beyond relapses and choose a treatment that can help delay disability progression. Find out more at changesinrms.com. Hi, I'm Price Wildrich. As a rare neuromuscular disorder patient myself, I enjoy reading flash briefings for multiple sclerosis. Here's an article by Marta Figueredo, PhD. Pro-inflammatory TH17 immune cells harm myelin-producing cells. Pro-inflammatory T-helper 17 cells, known as TH17 cells, a type of immune cell known to play a role in multiple sclerosis, directly interact with myelin-producing cells, promoting their damage and death, according to a study in a mouse model of MS and in samples from MS patients. These damaging effects were associated with the release by TH17 immune cells of a molecule called glutamate, which works as a neurotransmitter or a brain-signaling molecule in a healthy brain. Glutamate can have toxic effects when found at high levels outside cells, however. The researchers noted that blocking CD29, a cell surface receptor protein, lessened Th17-mediated injury in myelin-producing cells. These findings shed light on the mechanisms behind Th17 cells, damaging effects on MS, and suggest that locally suppressing CD29-triggered glutamate release in these cells may be a potential therapeutic approach for MS, according to the researchers. The study, Pro-Inflammatory T-Helper 17, Directly Harms Oligodendrocytes in Neuroinflammation, was published in the journal PNAS by a team of researchers in Germany and Canada. Th17 immune cells are a subpopulation of T helper cells that produce a pro-inflammatory molecule called interleukin-17 or IL-17. In MS, the protective barrier that prevents circulating microbes, large molecules, and immune cells from reaching the central nervous system or CNS, composed of the brain and spinal cord, is damaged. That allows overactive Th17 cells to enter the CNS. These overactive immune cells produce excessive levels of IL-17 and promote the destruction of myelin, which is the protective fatty sheath around nerve cell fibers that is progressively lost in MS. Notably, this progressive myelin loss also is associated with the impaired function of oligodendrocytes, myelin-producing cells capable of restoring the myelin sheath, a process known as remyelination. However, the processes leading to oligodendrocyte and myelin injury in MS are far from being understood, and therapeutic strategies protecting the myelin compartment and promoting remyelination have been so far unsuccessful, the researchers wrote. To address the problem, the team now assessed the direct effects of Th17 cells on oligodendrocytes in a mouse model of MS. In brain samples of deceased MS patients, and in lab-grown human oligodendrocytes. Using cutting-edge microscopy technology to monitor what happened in the brains of the mouse models, in real time, the researchers found that CNS-infiltrating TH17 cells directly interacted with oligodendrocytes. Notably, 40% of all TH oligodendrocyte interactions lasted longer than five minutes, 
a period of time known to be relevant and sufficient for initiating signaling pathways in immune interactions, the team wrote. Close contacts between T helper cells and oligodendrocytes also were observed in brain samples of deceased MS patients, further supporting a potential damaging role from this interaction in MS. Exposure to Th17 cells was found to worsen myelin loss in brain tissue of the mouse model and promote damage and death of lab-grown human oligodendrocytes compared with Th2 cells, which are considered to have beneficial effects in MS. Also, T helper cells from MS patients resulted in higher toxicity toward oligodendrocytes than those from healthy individuals. Further analyses revealed that Th17 oligodendrocyte interactions involve the CD29 receptor protein at the surface of Th17 cells and CD29 ligands at the surface of myelin-producing cells. Notably, both human and mouse Th17 cells were found to present higher CD29 levels than their Th2 counterpart. This interaction triggered CD29-dependent release of glutamate by Th17 cells, which promoted cell stress in oligodendrocytes, affecting their generation of fatty molecules and impaired myelin production. Moreover, the team found that blocking CD29 in Th17 cells protected lab-grown human oligodendrocytes from Th17-mediated injury while CD29 activation boosted the immune cell's damaging effects, increasing oligodendrocyte damage and death. These findings suggest that CD29-triggered glutamate release by Th17 cells contributes to disease-causing mechanisms underlying demyelination, or myelin loss, and remyelination failure in MS, the researchers wrote. They also provide evidence for the direct and deleterious attack of Th17 cells on the myelin compartment and show the potential for therapeutic opportunities to protect oligodendrocytes' myelinating process in MS, the team added. However, future studies focused on CD29 suppression should address specific modifications of CD29 without systemic neutralization to limit side effects on physiological functions of CD29 the researchers concluded. You always do what you can to keep your relapsing multiple sclerosis in check. But if your relapsing MS is starting to change, it can affect your mind and body in new and different ways. So it's important to choose a treatment that goes beyond relapses, one that can help you stay ahead of disability progression. Take charge of your relapsing multiple sclerosis. Learn more at changesinrms.com. Hi, I'm Price Wooldridge. As a rare neuromuscular disorder patient myself, I enjoy reading the column by John Connor, Fall Down, Get Up Again. The Painful Tooth, My Weekend of Agony. I've written about trigeminal neuralgia, or TN, which entails severe facial pain many times. Let me count the ways. Please excuse me while I go off and search through my columns. I'll be a while. Well, it turns out I've written specifically about it only three times, although I've mentioned it in 15 other columns. Searching for all of it only took me an hour. If I didn't spend my life sitting down, that's exactly what I'd need to do right now. So rather than writing more, a game of solitaire is in order. Back in a while, methinks. Oops, now it's time for dinner, bathroom, and bed. So no solitaire for me. 
I haven't even checked email today. Gulp. It's now the next day and I'm back. Today is Wednesday and I've had peace for the last two days. But this is the first day I haven't been stoned. Let me elaborate. On Sunday night, I had the worst TN attack I've ever had. Even with a load of oxcarbazepine, an epilepsy drug that somehow helps TN. Doctors have told me that TN follows a unique pain path, so the relief strategy is different. For instance, opioids aren't usually effective. Baclofen, originally prescribed as a muscle relaxant to help spasms in my right arm, is a second-line defense against TN, but this time it made no difference. A lidocaine patch over my jaw finally helped, but even that took an hour to work. My TN is very specific. It attacks one of the molars on my lower left jaw. When it first began happening, it was like an electric fire in my tongue. Eventually it settled into one tooth. I sometimes get a warning of an impending attack if I feel slight pain when my tongue happens to rove in that direction. This time I was composing a voice message on my phone when it hit full bore. Think of the worst drilling pain you've ever experienced at the dentist's office and multiply it by 10. I was screaming for three hours. My wife, Jane, filmed some of it, but with my lower level of technical ability, I have no idea how to upload it to YouTube. I'm 63, you know, and I'm not sure I want my first post to be about me screaming. I could go on, but I'm bored with all these technicalities, especially after finding all of the source material. You may have skipped what I wrote above or just moved on. I guess I'm writing for my hardcore audience. So what caused this? I was told to cut down on the drug gabapentin, and it sucks. Again, gabapentin is an anti-epileptic drug, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I cut down on it Monday of the previous week, and my first TN attack in months happened the following Friday. All you need to know is that gabapentin has a lag time. On my own recognizance, I immediately returned to the original dose, but there's the time lag. By last Monday, Jane had swiftly decided I should officially go back to my original dose. After a horrible Saturday, I thought the worst was over. By 6 p.m. on Sunday, I hadn't had any attacks, so I was thinking about having a beer and watching a bit of the telly. Forget that, no warning at all. I was composing that phone message when all hell let loose. Three hours of screaming started. On Monday, it was baby food and all day in bed for me. Bananas and vegan custard were on the menu. At least I'd recovered enough not to have the nanas mashed. The big baby moniker is fair enough. Officially, I wear pads, but they are big boy nappies. No wonder I cry a lot. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to Multiple Sclerosis News today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. Discover more content that might be of interest to you at www.multiplesclerosisnewstoday.com and be sure to follow us on social media and join our Multiple Sclerosis News Today forums a trusted MS community ready to welcome you anytime.